Okay, it's more wrestling time and more time to talk about stuff about wrestling. How about it? Yay, wrestling, I think. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about? What you want to talk about? Yeah. Since oddly enough, it was first. Yes. I'm right, in a while. Let's talk about Rampage. And I go loud on that one, see? Okay. But before we get to Rampage, we do have to cover some stuff that happened within the last 24 hours outside of Rampage and EEW. All right. So, um, last night they were doing tapings for New Japan Strong, which is the American New Japan shows, and Shane Thorne showed up, which is uh, Shane Hayes. That's his name. His name is Shane okay. Thorne. WWE. He showed up in New Japan and teamed up with um, Jonah Rock. So they're bringing back TMDK. The Mighty Don't Kneel, and I'm happy, excited. I loved it. I loved it. I loved that thing. But there was something that happened right after that that made me go, I didn't see this coming. And I was like, well played. Well played, New Japan. Because Jay White had a USMJ open challenge. It's there. He's he's waiting for somebody to show up. And the person who shows up is Shane Strickland. I was like, oh. I was like, oh, that was actually really good. And apparently they had a really good match. It was like, oh, oh. So that was a thing. So I think, okay, well, that's just it. The night's over. Like, all of the surprises are done. New Japan does some great stuff. And then I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to go to sleep. And then I wake up from three text messages like, so, did you know this was going to happen? I'm like, wait, you know what was going to happen? Shane was going to say, no, this. I'm like, and somebody sent me a video of stardom. And they're like, did you know she was coming back? I was like, oh, the pirate princess is officially back. Duh. And yes, Kari Hojo is back in stardom. And it was, it was a shock and a surprise to a lot of people who weren't paying attention. But to me, it was like, I kind of knew this was going to happen because once she let her WWE contract just go and it was over, I was like, okay, well, now that the contract is over and she didn't come back to the States, there's a big chance she's just going to show up and start. And she did. In a backstage segment, she showed up and stardom and she said she's back, but then she got attacked by a widow tag. So now she's back. Isn't that her former crew or no? She did have a crew. That's her former crew. Her former crew was the Queen's Crest. Okay. And Queen's Quest. Why do I say Crest? I don't know why I say Crest. But Quest. That was her like that was her crew because they were like the regular normies of Stardom. They were like the just normie chicks. And she was part of that team. Gotcha. her coming back was like a surprise. It sent shockwaves through like everything. It was like, oh my god, like she's back, she's back. And like I said, I knew she was coming back. I wasn't like angry that she like it was a surprise. I was happy because 
she wanted to be back there. And like, honestly, if WWE would have let her just honestly do like one show when she was like kind of injured, like it would have been fine. Like she would have been like, all right, well, I got it out my system. I could go back to WWE. I'll probably resign. She probably would have resigned if they would have gave her like that. Hey, you could go wrestle this match. Like, it's not like a lot of people are going to see it. It's in Japan. Like, it's not even a big deal. It's fine. Yeah. And, like it wouldn't like it wouldn't have been a it wouldn't have been a big deal. So it was like, yeah, it would have been fine. But like WWE, like now nah, you can't do it. So okay, well, fuck it, she can't do it. Well, look what she did. She signed to Stardom, and over like the over the last probably year or so, I would say yeah, probably about a year. Stardom has like rejuvenated themselves, even though they did not suck at all. It just like it was just like a low point that they like after the pandemic, after all of this sad stuff that happened, it was like, uh, I mean, we exist, but we're not really trying. And like people were getting injured, people were just like, we we quit. It did like all of a sudden, it was like they just started, just decided like hey, we're going to fix this and we're going to come back stronger than ever. And people started coming back. They started having matches of the year. And shit was just like, okay, we'll start them as getting back to what stardom is. And I see, like, so many of my friends is, like, just falling into stardom and just like, oh, my God, I I didn't, I didn't know stardom was this good. And I'm like, yeah, it was good. Like, to me, I felt, like I said, I fell out of favor with it because everything that happened and I was like eh, well it's the pandemic you know everything else and I was like I I really don't I, I really don't want to watch it it's not it's not for me yeah <laughs> then like they just started having these matches and it was like oh okay yeah I, I think I'm I think I might be back when Hazaki came back I was like hmm, alright yeah I might be back because Ishida, like, when Ishida had that, like, beggar-ass match, it was, like, a five-star match. I was like, all right, yeah, like, it's, it's really good, but, like, is it enough to keep me? And then Hazuki was like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming back. Like, I'm back. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I, I think I might wind up trying to come back, too. <laughs> now they pulled me totally back with Kari Hojo being back, so... Yeah, this is this is this is looking like stardom is back to what they used to be in 2014, 15, and 16, where they just was like the best women's promotion in the galaxy. Guarantee she's not gonna be the last one coming back either. Oh no, no, no. Like I like I totally want EO to show up. And like I said, like when the borders open, like when the borders open and women are able to go back. I definitely want, like, all of the younger, like, indies, young, talentless girls to go over to stardom because everybody that, every woman that has been signed to WWE or AEW that wasn't a young indie girl that was, like, in their early 20s have been to stardom and wrestled in stardom for a long time. Like, 90%, like, 90% of the women that are that have been signed in WWE or AEW in the last two years have been in stardom. Shayna Baszler has been there. Piper Niven has been there. Tony Storm has been there. Io Shirai definitely has been there. Um, Stevie Turner, Jamie Hayter. Who else? Like who's Thunder Rosa? Thunder Rosa has been there. 
Dakota Kai, maybe? Dakota Kai, Evie was there. Evie was definitely there. It's like, it's so many women that you're seeing on wrestling, you're like, oh, well, they're cool. They've all been through stardom. They've all been there. It's been a, like, it's been a thing. And like, you may be like, oh, well, I I don't know. But like, stardom has birthed every good woman. So yeah, like, with them coming back in a big way is, is great for Japan. I definitely see Tony Storm going there back. Yeah, like she like she definitely had to because like that was the first place I seen her before I seen her in progress was right there and stardom was like, Oh, she's dope. And then like I followed her from there on out. Yeah. So yeah, so to AEW, this was this was a show. This was a show. Like I'm just gonna put it that way. This was a show. Because it started off with our friend Steve Dorsey Baby versus 10. This would bother me about the 10. This would bother me about 10. 10 came out and 10 got in the ring. The first thing he did, and it threw me off, was like he started doing the old Sean Spears 10, and everybody just started chanting 10. I'm like, that's not your thing. I mean, like, technically it could be now. So. It could be, but it's not his thing. <laughs> and it was a point, like, he clotheslined Steve, and he flipped him over so bad that Steve landed. It looked like he landed on his fucking neck and broke it. And the announcer's like, oh, my God, I hope he didn't break his neck. And then again, he speared him, like, off the top rope. And it was like, yo, are you trying to kill this dude? Like, what the fuck? You're fucking Steve up. This is so bad. Like, 10 is green as shit, still. Yeah, and it's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, it was a couple of times. I'm like, uh, like you're fucking up Steve Dorsey. And then after the match, Steve pulls us with his buddies from the Paragon, and they're just chilling. It's like, all right, well, we know where this is leading. Because they even said, like, if Steve loses this match, he could be in danger of losing his world title match. And it's like, okay, all right, well, that makes sense. Because, like, he he's... told us right there, ain't no way in hell he losing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, he's undefeated, but, like, if he takes a loss, it, like, affects his record. It's like, oh, it makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, I'm glad they explained that. So then we had Powerhouse Hobbs versus Dante Martin for a qualifier in the brass ring young face of the revolution match. And it's like, okay. Like, you automatically knew what was going to happen. You're like, alright, Dante Martin is going to lose the Powerhouse Hobbs. It was it was an okay match. I liked it. Their first match better, but like, this one was like, it was alright. So, of course, Powerhouse Hobbs got the win. Then, we get Jade. Jade Cargill is in the back. Uh-huh. But did you notice like everybody in that other match right now like is no pun intended a powerhouse? Did you have no, big powerhouse? Meat. They're big mm-hmm. meaty men slapping meat, yes. Yeah. Warfield, yeah. Keith Lee, Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, they're big <laughs> big meaty men slapping meat. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they need like uh someone like the level of Dante Martin in that match. 
No, I I don't see like I don't really think that they do, but like if they have like big guys in this match and like have a ladder match with all big guys, it would be different. It would be different because it would be like, oh, it's something that like no one does. Like you have big meaty men just slapping me with a ladder. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that that works. I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed out because no one had ever done that before. Yeah. Yes. So we had Jen Cargill dressed like the Riddler. She acknowledged that she dressed like the Riddler. She literally did. The Riddler from Batman Forever, not just regular Riddler. Riddler from Batman Forever. Okay. And she was talking about how she's money. And then all of a sudden, Money Match shows up and was like, well, you should have the money match with the bunny. And Jade's like, she's going to kick the bunny's ass. Matt made another Matt Jeff Hardy like innuendo. He was like, yeah, it's extreme, extreme. And did the extreme finger. Just like, bro, we know what the fuck is coming. It doesn't matter. Stop doing it. It's just dumb. Like, we know. Like, this is, like, this is Spider-Man. Like, this is, all this is Marvel Spider-Man. It's like, we're hyping this up because we know what's happening. We're just going to keep hyping it up. We're going to keep hyping it up. Guys, guys, Jeff's coming. Jeff's coming. Guys, Jeff's coming. It's like, we know. We know. It's, <laughs> it's like, we know. Like, it's sorry, dog. Like, we know. We know. Then we get Serena Deebs versus some girl in the five-minute prosecutor borderline challenge. I don't know what it's called. Don't don't get this started. It's just it's just a match. This is a fucking match. And of course, like Serena Deeves beats her. It's like Serena Deeves is not gonna lose. Like, what do you mean? Not anytime soon anyway, until like that surprise person shows up and fucks her up. Yes. So then we had Switchblade versus Trent Beretta. And I didn't notice, but like Trent Beretta unlocked the memory. And it's very funny how Trent Beretta, like he unlocked the memory. Because Trent Beretta, they're talking, they're doing a backstage thing before the thing. And Trent Beretta goes, hey, can you tell this knife pervert to shut up? And I'm like, wait a minute. I, the first thing out of my mind was like, that's not your thing. You didn't come up with that joke. And then it's like, it goes back to Trent Beretta did say that. Trent Beretta was the first person to ever tweet that. When Jay White called himself the Switchblade and he put out a shirt for some odd reason, because Trent Beretta does this, when they were in New Japan, he goes, he was like, so basically you're a knife pervert. And like, it's stuck. Like, it's always been like a New Japan joke where people, People just like joke about him being a knife pervert. And like when he said it, I was like, that's not your thing. And I remember this when I'm like, oh shit. Trent Beretta was the one who said that. Holy fuck. Like, I totally forgot about that. You know, another reason you forgot that, that Trent Beretta came up with that looks totally different from this Trent Beretta. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so during a fucking match, like, it made me a little bit mad because the like the guys like I know they're supposed to do commentary and they're supposed to like put shit over like they're doing commentary and like they're in like half of a match like the moves are going and all of a sudden somebody says oh 
he's trying to get him in the Blade Runner. And I'm like, what? That, that's not how that works. That's not how a Blade Runner works. Blade Runners are like virgins in sex. You don't see it coming. You never see it coming. It just happens. No matter how much you prep for it, no matter what you do, it's just over. Like, it's just like that. And like the way they said it was like, yeah, he's trying to get him in a playground. I'm like, that's not how that works. That's not how it works. It comes from out of nowhere, just like a virgin. It's, uh, it's over. It's over. Like, you, like, you just started, it's over. It's done. And that's exactly what happened. Because Trent Beretta goes to pick, pick him up in a suplex. Jay slides around. Bam! It's over. It's done. It's done. And, and announcers are like, I, I, I don't even know how to happen. Like, yeah. Yeah, because that's how the Blade Runner works. Like, it's a move. It's a move that shouldn't be done that way that Jay had perfected. Yeah. But he was trying to put him in it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And something that pissed me off about this match, and it wasn't even the two guys in the match, it was the fucking referee. Like, I've been watching long enough, and I've known referees to talk about this. Something falls on the ground. You move it off of the ground because a wrestler can slip, trip, or anything and injure themselves. Yes. Elbow pad falls off. Literally in the corner. This referee who is so enthralled in just doing matches and just having moments when he's in it, he's close to them. In their face, goes, <laughs> like doing all of this shit. And I hate him. Like, I hate him for that because he never just does regular referee shit. And I know people are like, well, there's other referees. Yeah, the red shoes. He's fucking animated, but red shoes can see everything. If somebody drops something in the middle of the ring and the wrestlers are going, Red Shoes, hey man, come on, come on. Gets it right out the ring. He pushes him away, makes sure that nobody falls on it. This dude, three or four times, Trent and Jay almost slipped on this. And I'm like, yo, are you not going to get that? I'm yelling at the TV. I'm like, ref, 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 get it, ref, get this, ref. If they, like, if even one of them break their fucking legs, it's on you. You did that because it's been in a ring for five minutes. You haven't done nothing. I'm like, this referee is the worst. Like, it's something so simple. It's like, I'm not supposed to notice that. You're supposed to get it out the ring immediately. Every referee does this. Every good referee does this. And you can't tell me, like, oh, that's the way AEW referees are supposed to do this. Because that's not an actual referee. Referees are supposed to make sure that the wrestlers do not get hurt. A little piece of cloth or anything laying in the ring should not be in the ring because it can injure the wrestlers in the ring. That's the referee's job to get that out of the ring. The wrestler's job is to put on a match. Referee's job is to make sure the match is okay. He had one job and failed at it. And I was so angry. Also, when you do it, you're supposed to do it where like nobody sees you, which is very hard. But there are refs that do that. Yes, and it's like I, like I was so mad with him, like because I'm like I'm invested, like I don't want anything to happen to Jay because like 
he's over there, but I don't want nothing to happen to him. And it's like, he could have broken his leg. He could have twisted his ankle. He could have anything. And then the thing about it, it's like, hey, anybody in fucking AEW, that could happen to because he doesn't fucking pay attention. It's like, dude, it is like, it is so mind-boggling and angering that that referee is the way he is. And I hate, like, and I hate the people, the defenders of all of this. It's like, it's just so stupid. It's so stupid. It's like he wants to take the fucking spotlight. Exactly. So, before we get on to WWE, we have to talk about this because this is like the elephant in the room and this is like something controversial that's been going on all day. And I've like like as soon as I seen this, I was like, oh, this is this is a thing. I'm reading through it and I'm like, oh, this is this is bad. And I'm seeing contradictions in the stuff that's happening. Also, I'm not only just seeing the contradictions of what's happening, I'm seeing the numbers and I'm like, huh, this is something weird. Like all of this is weird. Like everything that's happening is just really fucking weird. And I'm like, and it pisses me off. Like not only does it piss me off, but like the people who are involved in making this thing happen, one of them acts like, hey, I'm going out with my family. I have nothing to do with this. Ah, you guys are crazy. Go outside and touch grass. I have nothing to do with this. It's like, no, you you promoted this tribalism. Don't don't do this. And then the other guy wants to get mad at people for actually having a brain for thinking outside of the box and understanding that because you formed an opinion and you whipped up the frenzy of your own cult, that when people from your cult yell out what you said in an echo chamber that is loud to you, you pretend, oh, this is actually how everybody in the world feels. But when you look at the numbers, you dryly see it's only a good 10,000 people out of a million people or hundreds of thousand people who exist in this space commenting on what you're doing. And it's fucking irritating that you believe that your echo chamber is actually a thing and your cultist-like words like transcend the whole entire genre. And I'm like, I've called him out a million times and I will call him out every time until he steps to my face and says, you son of a bitch, shut up because you're telling the truth. Because I will tell the truth and make you realize it. Meltzer is a fucking scam artist. He's a goddamn scam artist. He did the Wrestler of the Year and all of these year-in awards and all of these dumb awards. It's like, okay, cool. Some of them justified. Most of them not. And it's like, this is so fucking stupid because one award, the most overrated wrestler. Who wins it? Guess who wins it? Fucking Roman Reigns. You want to hear the fucking part that makes you go, what the fuck? The best gimmick. The best gimmick in wrestling. Who wins that? Fucking Roman Reigns. How the fuck is he the most overrated and the best gimmick? Oh, well, that, that, that's just like, this is semantics. Oh, well, that's fucking semantics. Why the fuck did he become the second best wrestler of the, of the fucking year? 
It's Kenny Omega and Dennis Hem. How the fuck is he the second best veteran? But he's goddamn fucking overrated. The fuck do you mean? Like these are your fucking dumbass metrics, and you're telling me, oh, is this because what? Like no. Then you have the worst awards. The worst awards, the, the worst thing. And of course, you know, WWE sweeps the fucking worst awards because like I said, it's a cultist scam that everybody's like, oh, WWE this. WWE had all of the worst fucking pay-per-views. Like every one of them was WWE. And it's like, okay, well, I understand because it's a scam. And then you think about it, be like, wait, every other fucking awards, like people who do fucking awards, they go, oh, we want to see the best. And what was this? And what was this? No one has the fucking worst awards. The worst awards are the fucking Razzies, and they're a fucking parody. You, like, you're putting this shit together and making this shit, oh, yourself, you're making this shit yourself, and you're like, okay, what the fuck, like, and then you get mad at people for criticizing you because it's your opinion, and the people who follow you have a similar mindset and a similar opinion to you, so no matter what you're saying, you're brainwashing them because they're listening going, I agree with him. I agree with most of the stuff he's saying. So I'm going to go along with this. Because if any politician or anybody in any sphere of anything, you agree with their mindset, you agree with some of the stuff they're going with, you start to go along with them until you break out of that condition and understand that there are other ways of thinking. But when you feel yourself going, Oh, my echo chamber says everything is fine. So, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? You guys have no fucking clue. You guys should go outside. I can't believe you guys are so fucking brain dead. Like, what is wrong with you? You don't understand. You have a subsection of when you say your opinion and people fall in line with your opinion. That's your opinion. Other people have different opinions. When you criticize somebody for having another opinion, you're being a fucking inconsiderate dickhead. It's so simple that you're so stupid that you don't understand what the fuck is going on. And I swear, one day you will get called out. I'm not going to say I I agree with Jim Cornette because politically, I kind of do agree with Jim Cornette. That's, that's not even going to lie. I kind of agree with Meltzer on his politics. I'm not even going to lie. I do agree with that. But sometimes when Jim says... Meltzer's an idiot and he has a fucking cult. I'm starting to believe that. I that's sad to say. I actually fucking believe Jim Cornette on that. Because this motherfucker is spitting bullshit. And he's not the only one. There are other ones out there. I'm not gonna call anybody out, and I won't like say any names here, but it's other people like that that are starting their own cult. Like I keep saying. It needs to be unbiased, unjudgmental things going straight up and down. But then I realized that nobody can do it without having their opinion and having their fucking echo chamber. So I want to break that narrative and like I have to break that narrative because these people are just so idiotic and they need to be stopped. So Moving on from there, Big Swole did an interview. And I swear to God, this is how I know that wrestling journalism is really fucking stupid. Swole did an interview, and out of that Swole interview, they took out 
Tony Khan likes to smoke weed, and he smoked weed with Swole one time. It's like, the fuck? Like, she said so much more. It's like, no, nah, it's it's this thing. But, like, she had full conversations on how, like, the backstage stuff with AEW is, like, her life, Power Rangers. Like, she had all of these fucking long-ass conversations. And the fucking thing you check out is, she smoked weed with Tony Khan. The fuck does that have to do with anything? Like, why was that a headline? Why did you make that? Why did you make that a press piece that you like? Oh no, Tony Khan smoked weed with Swole. The fuck does that have to do with anything? Like, she gave you an interview, letting you inside of what the fuck was going on with her, like her condition, things like the reason she, like the reason she felt the way she felt, and like her not wanting to accept Tony Khan's apology because it's like, like I like I'm over it, and it's like. All of that, like everything, everything, you just fucking whiz by and go, they smoke weed together. That's the headline. Let's put it out. The fuck is that? That's like the most, like, the least important part in the whole fucking thing. Exactly. That, that's that's what these new wrestling journalists do. And then, like, there's a like there's something that came out from. Somebody I forgot actually who, and like I hate that I forgot this. But they were telling the story how Tony Khan, 2.30 in the morning, drove 30 minutes to fucking Dante Martin's house, woke him up and said, fam, I got a storyline with you and Matt Seidel. Come on. I was like, okay. Well, (laughs) no, that's exactly what happened. Like, okay. Like, I understand the enthusiasm. I understand, like, you're like, yo, I got something for you. But, homie, if that ain't the opposite of Pepsi, I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't know what that is. Because it's like, yeah, no, yeah, I got an idea for you. I'm like, I'm going to get you over, dog. Dog, yeah, cool. Like, like 2.30 in the morning. What the fuck was this? Yo, come on. We got to, dog, are you ain't. No, we got to. All right, all right, fam. I'm just gonna go with you because I don't, I don't want to say no and find out what happened if I say no. I'm just going with you. I'm just going with you. But that is like that's exactly what Dante said too. It probably is, but like when I heard that story, I'm like, that is so the opposite of Pepsi. I'm like, hmm, okay, man. And like to be honest, it's not me being like I said, it's not me being like. Oh, Tony Khan is crazy, and like it's like, oh, like he had an idea for Dante Martin. Was like, listen, I have an idea for you. This is it. The execution on telling him and getting him there was a little sketch. I'm like, okay, well, all right. Yeah, he can. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah, like you sussy little pocket there, but like, all right, pal, all right. But yeah, like he's calling you at five in the morning for like ideal for this podcast and shit. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna be like Doug, like you alright, like you alright, like, you alright. That's what I'm yeah, saying, like you alright. <laughs> but yeah, that was that. So then we had SmackDown, and we had Ebony and Ivory. Together in harmony, dude. Like that's all I can think of when it, they they had Ronda Rousey out there 
with Naomi. That's all I could think of. It was like this so it's just so weird. So weird. Like they did the contract signing between Naomi and Ronda Rousey and Sonya Deville and Charlotte. And Sonya Deville goes, well, you said on the podcast you could beat us with one arm tied behind your back. And that's in the contract. Ha ha. I got you. Okay. And they, yeah. They edited out the botch with the table slot. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, of course you could get around it. It's like, eh, whatever. But they edited. Cool. Whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Couldn't even tell. They're awful. Exactly. Oh, and before I should forget, Bolly Boys, Bollywood Boys. Shout out to them. They won tag team title gold. Good okay. for them. Good for them. Boys. Yes. We had Shimus and Ridge Harland and. Renegade noticed as soon as this was happening. They had a backstage promo and they're talking. And Seamus is talking about how he's so much better than Ridge Holland, blah, blah, blah. And Renegade goes, dude, they're going to break up. Ridge is going to turn on Seamus. I'm like, oh, well, okay. But it's, it seemed like that, right? And like, you're mm-hmm. not wrong. Yeah. No, you're not wrong, but like, it's just like, like it's weird because like they just got together and so then Cody Rhodes in the future comes out not actual Cody Rhodes but <laughs> Ricochet who is slowly moderating himself after Cody Rhodes yeah he, he's he's got exactly what Cody's got going on and we'll see how that plays out so he beats Sheamus and Sheamus gets to the ring and Ridge Holland comes in and is like, hey! Hey, man! You fucked up! And he, and Seamus pushes him to the ground like, ah! Hit you. ah. And I'm like, oh, they're gonna fight, but then they just left. I was like, no, they're not gonna fight. No, well, that's weird. So, kind of like, it happened, but it happened the other way around from what I said. <laughs> yes, and it was like, a, it's starting to beef, but like, to me, like I said, they just got the fuck together. Why are they already breaking up? What the fuck is happening? Wasn't working, I guess. WWE's like shit. Like WWE's fucking weird, man. They're fucking weird. Like you could have just fucking had them stay together. It could have been a thing. You could have been the passing of the shillelagh. It would have been fine. But no, they're like, nah, we're gonna fuck it up. We're just so stupid. We just gonna fuck it up. It's bad. Yeah, because Seamus is going to retire sometime soon. Probably five, ten years from now. So. Yeah. So you might as well just give it to the kid and let him just run with the shillelagh. He just, he could take over from there. Mm-hmm. So then we get the first induction of the 2022 Hall of Fame. And it is The Undertaker. Wow, who didn't see that? Yeah, but who didn't see that coming? Like, literally, like, it's in Texas. We need somebody who's a big star. 
it's the Undertaker. Yep. And already, listen, already, this is how this is how weirdos craft the narrative. Already, WWE said on TV, we're doing a two for one that night. And already the narrative is like, oh, WWE can't sell anything. So they're doing a two for one. You idiots. It's two for one, meaning they literally explained it. They literally explained it. It's two for one because you buy one ticket to SmackDown, you get a ticket to Undertaker and everybody in the Hall of Fame. It's a two for one. It's all happening at the same time. You get two for one in your ticket. And everybody's like, oh, they can't sell tickets, so they're doing two for one. It's like, you fucking dinguses. It's literally a two for one in one show. How are you that stupid? Like, your narrative of crafting how bad WWE is is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> like, I'm going to get into some more shit that you just fucking overlook and just happen to just talk about afterwards, but we're going to get into that in a few minutes with like, holy fuck, dude. Yeah. So, <laughs> then we had one of the Usos versus one of the Viking Raiders, and of course it's setting up for uh, tomorrow or whenever you hear the podcast, the Elimination Chamber match for the tag team titles. So, yeah. Dave versus um, Ivar, by the way. Yeah, and like there was no winner because it was like a disqualification. What the fuck? So then we had Drew McIntyre come out there and talk about how he's going to beat the dude from pillar to post and make him not laugh. And he's not going to laugh at all. And he's going to go and he's going to beat him with this or beat him with that. If you want me to hit him with something, put it in a hashtag. Hashtag kill Moss. I'm like, what? He he said something. I swear to God, he said kill Moss. But like, he said something. Something something around that that thing. Yes. So then we get Samuel Zenon versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the Intercontinental Championship. And of course, you know Samuel Zenon beats Shinsuke. Nakamura and becomes the new Intercontinental Champion. Thank God. Well, that was part of the plan, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that was the plan, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that wasn't supposed to end the way it did because that's kind of fucked up. Like, he fucked his knee up or something. At least that's what it looked like to me. I like, I think it's a uh, work. I hope it's a work. Yeah. So, like I'm happy the title's off him and it's like it's nothing against Shinsuke because I actually love Shinsuke it's nothing against him so it's just like I just wanted that title to be off of him and go to somebody where they're actually going to try to use it and make it you know just workable it's like yeah like do something with it like hopefully they do like they worst case scenario they give it to him and they still don't do anything with it you know yeah and that just brings up a question for me with Nakamura. It's even like it's my passion for one thing that I really want, and then also my unselfishness. My unselfishness is if Nakamura is happy, he should stay here and make money and go surf and, and relax. My passion and my selfishness is 
He said he wants to retire and he wants to have one match against Tanahashi. I want him to go back to New Japan. I want him to go back. I, I do. I, I, I do. This is selfishness. But this is me. This is me. He might be happy. He might be happy as fuck living here. Because honestly, I think he did sign a new contract, which is like, eh, okay, whatever. But I would love for him to go back to New Japan. They do way better. Probably like the world champion there. No, nah, I don't think he, I don't think he's gonna be world champion because like he's older and like he's at the tail end of his career where it's like uh, I don't know. Like, but, but I just champion it like at the very least because they gave the fucking US title to Tanahashi recently. So, but like I I see that that's leading to somewhere. That's leading to somewhere because. Okay. Because they have, there's a show tonight and Tanahashi's defending it against Sonata, which is going to be a great match. But if my predictions are correct, it's probably going to be Tanahashi winning and then getting called out by Moxley at the end of the match. And okay. if that's if that's not it, I'll be surprised by whoever calls him out that's not Moxley. Kenta, maybe? No, he he just beat Kenta, and Kenta's like still injured, but he oh. just beat Kenta because that's how he got the title. Oh, okay. but yeah, like I, I don't know, just waiting to see whoever it is. So then in the show we had Romel Reigns and Goldberg showing up, and Goldberg walks out there with these small little guys. It's supposed to be his security. He's like, okay. And he tells him, you're not going to do nothing to me because I'm next. I was like, okay. Well, that's good for you. You're next. To be a victim by the tribal chief? Yes. Yeah. Because that's exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. He's a victim. So, yeah, that's all of the wrestling. So, we do have a show tomorrow, which is Elimination Chamber. Or no way out, depending on where you live. Yeah, depending on where you live. <laughs> so, um, let's go by the batches. All right. Let's see who's going to win. Rey Mysterio versus The Miz. Who do you think is going to win? Rey Mysterio. Like, I feel bad for The Miz because he had like a huge losing streak right now. Damn, dude. That's, that's how you feel about The Miz? Like, big matches, he lost a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he ain't winning this. I think The Miz is actually going to win. You think so? Yeah, I know. I feel like Ray like is on like his last run, you know what I mean? So no, I feel like he got a little bit more to go. I feel like he got a little bit more. Okay. So then we have Ronda Rousey and Naomi versus Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. So, right? Ronda Naomi. Yeah, of course. Although it would be funny, like in like mm-hmm. it's like left field, 
Naomi turns on Ronda, and it's like a three-on-one situation with her arm tied behind her back. That would be insane. That would be insane. Probably won't happen, but, you know. Yeah. Then we have Drew McIntyre versus Matt Crapmoss. Falls count anywhere in COVID. I don't care. I mean, no, I can't say that. What? Of course, bro. <laughs> okay, yeah, Drew. Yeah. Then we have the Usos versus the Water Machines. Who you got? Uh, Viking Raiders, first of all. And, yeah, fucking the Usos. I have the Viking Raiders. I have new tag champs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then we have the Elimination Chamber. The winner will face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania or the Raw Women's Champion. It will be Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Dutra, Nikki Ass, and Selexa Bliss. What do you think is going to win? Bianca, so she can get her win back. That's what I'm thinking, too. Then we have Becky Lynch versus Lita. What do you have for next match? Becky Lynch so Bianca get get her win back. <laughs> okay. It, all, it, it runs all together, you know? Yes. We have Roman versus Goldberg. Yeah, ain't no way in hell Goldberg winning this. Like, it's Roman all the way. Okay. Then we have the WWE title match. Bobby Lashley defending his title against Seth freaking Rollins, Austin Theory, Matthew Riddle, AJ Styles, and Brock Lesnar. Who do you see coming out of this? I'm hoping Bobby. I'm hoping Bobby. I'm going to say Bobby just because I hope, I hope it's him. Okay. So, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to just play dumbass conspiracy theory corkscrew. I really want to say... I want it to be Seth. And I know this seems weird. Like, I want it to be Seth for, like, some dumbass reason, which I'm going to explain in a second. Like, I want it to be Seth and Seth to win it. Because, like, I want Seth to face Cody Rhodes and defend the title against Cody, and Cody wins the title. And I know this, like, so dumb because everybody who heard the other podcast was like, you don't like Cody. You're right. I don't. But, like I said, it would be a big win for them to show AEW like hey we don't treat your wrestlers like shit so that would be that would be huge yeah plus it would make a great match yes so yeah that's that's what I'm going with that's actually cool yeah yes we had the new show Level Up and it was a show it was really bad like the only bad part about it was they, the announcers, you couldn't hear shit. It's just like you were just in the fucking show. Like, you just were there watching the show. You couldn't hear shit. Like, you could hear the body slams, the crowd, everything. Just not a goddamn peep from the goddamn announcers. It's like, goddamn, like, this is... Like, I want this show to succeed, and it's like, nah, it's, it's, it's bad. Like, damn it, dude. What the fuck? The weird part is, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed I, I, the show. Mm-hmm. That was the only, like, bad part, though, the, the commentary, like... Yeah, but like, like I didn't put your fucking volume all the way up to hear them, and you still couldn't hear them. Yeah, and I enjoyed it because like I I love shows without commentary, and it just feels like gritty and real. 
So okay. I loved it. So we had Harlan versus Javier Bernal. And of course, Harlan murdered that guy because Harlan is a murderer. See, I said it, Harlan. You're a murderer. And oh, then we had. Javier, uh-huh. who? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know who that guy was. And then we had Fallon Henry and Kayla Inele versus Ivy Nile and Tantum Paxley. And Ivy Nile is so fucking over. I just pray to God WWE doesn't fuck her up because she is so good. Like, she's so over. She's so good. She beat the shit out of the women. And then, like, after the match, when Tantum wanted to put her hands up with her, she was like, get off me, you loser. Like, damn. Like, Ivy Downs is so... She's dope. Yeah, I like her. And then in the main event, we had Kushida versus Idris Inoufi. I honestly did not see the ending of this match being the ending of this match because I swore Kushida was going to win. And then, nah, fuck that. Kushida didn't win because Idris Inoufi actually won. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Just like the Nakamura match, I swear mm-hmm. that was not supposed to happen, and he actually injured the man. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I was just shocked. I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, but like, damn, like, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> so, like I said, I did want to talk about like more bullshit like once again with tribalism and leader of the cult telling all of this stuff because all of a sudden out of nowhere it just comes out from Meltzer himself oh well people are happy that Cody and Brandy are gone there's a lot of people backstage that are happy that they're gone and it's been that way for a while they said that they were sucking up the energy and they're like what like wait all of this time that you had time to tell us what was going on, you basically didn't say shit. And like all of a sudden now, because Cody's going from the company, oh, we're gonna talk shit on him because he's going to WWE. It's like what the fuck. And he like he just this whole tirade of everything that's been going on, talking about how him and the Bucks and stuff don't get along and they barely speak and only like he only talks to Kenny when Kenny is right there, and it's like. What the f- like? What, what is happening? Like, why are you this way? Why are you being this way? And he's just like, yeah, he's going like he's talking all of this shit about all of this bad shit that that Cody did and like how people didn't respect him and everybody just was happy he's gone and like all of this stuff and it's like you had all of this time to say any of this, but like because you're the way you are and you defend AEW, it's like. No, I'm not going to say anything as soon as he goes, oh, here's all of this bad shit that happened. And it's just like, fam, like, anybody with an actual working brain that understands, like, life and looks and stuff goes, you're biased like a motherfucker. Like, somebody's not going to call this guy out. And I'm like, no, 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 no. He knows what he's talking about. He's been doing this for 60 years. He's one of the smartest minds in wrestling. Okay, cool. All of that shit is fine, but no one sees this bias? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, people have to see that shit. 
it's insane. Like I've said before, like I've said this a thousand times. I actually enjoy AEW. I enjoy a lot of stuff they do. I enjoy watching the program. I enjoy watching some of the matches. I enjoy it. The way that the the, the tide shifts and be like, oh, WWE is so toxic. It's jail. It's this. It's all of this. And like, I hate for people to like be super biased against one thing. I'm like, no, I'm going to push back because it's not that bad. It's not as bad as everybody keeps saying. So I'm going to push back. And with me pushing back, it makes me angry because people don't see that. And another thing that comes out and that like pisses me off is the way everybody goes, AEW saved my love for wrestling because WWE killed it. I can't believe like, they killed it. And I'm like, you're a fucking piece of shit. Like you're a fucking actual piece of shit. Because if you say that WWE killed your love for wrestling, and I stopped watching wrestling, but AEW reinvigorated my love. You're a piece of shit. And it's not because, oh my God, I love AEW. Fine, you can love AEW. AEW is great. Fine. But there were always other options. There was never a time in wrestling when there wasn't options. You just didn't pick up your fucking tablet or your fucking computer or your laptop or anything and find out that there were other shit. Impact existed since 2001. When everything went down, Impact said, bitch, I'm here. And they existed. Fucking NWA, Wildside, like all of this shit. Ring of Honor, all of that shit existed for years. Years. Yes, if you didn't get your fix in WWE, you went other places. Motherfucker, when I was at my lowest and hated WWE the most, where I was like, yo, I can't do this. I reignited my love for New Japan. I just was like, oh shit, New Japan's still a thing. Wait, I can access this through the internet? Oh fuck, you stream as it? Bet, I'm back in. And it reignited my love for wrestling. And I was like, oh shit, I can find Ring of Honor here? Bet, and I'm back in. I like, my passion was back. It was like, oh shit, I'm back. You guys are like, I didn't know anything existed. It's just, AEW existed it's because it's on TV and it's like if it's because it's on TV because it's on TV and it's easy to find because it's on TV that means you're not a real wrestling fan and your passion never existed if you had passion for wrestling you would go out and find it no matter how bad WWE is there's always an alternative there was never not a time for an alternative but you're just so spoiled and babyfied that I can't have anything else because all I have is AEW because all I can see is wrestling on TV. I can't find it anywhere else. So if you're that much of a baby and that hurts your fifis, good for you. I'm glad you found something that makes you happy because I don't give a fuck about your happiness. 